Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Topical Brainstorm. I'm Garrett Fox here with Christian. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I am doing quite well. Glad to hear it. I got an apartment this week. Uh, I'm getting married soon, so, you know, got to have a place to live. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, how many bedrooms? Two. Nice. Yeah, it'll be good. It's only, uh, it's a thousand ninety-five. Okay. A month. So for two bedrooms, that's really not bad at all. True. That is true. Yeah. And then there's some other fees that you pay every month, but you know, yeah. what can you do? You're gonna get a dog. Have to pay pet rent. Nah. If, and I'm going to say when, she wouldn't say when, but if and when we get a, an animal, uh, it'll be in our own house. Yeah. You'll have to wear Michaela down. Yeah. The whole pet thing. Yeah. Nice. Good work. You're getting your ducks in a row. Yeah, everything's falling into place. You got a job. Oh, yeah. That's also news. Did I not have a job last time we did this? I don't think you had accepted anything. Yes, I got a job uh, at Nelson Labs in Salt Lake. I'm not quite sure what exactly we do. We test, like, medical equipment to make sure it's sterile. I know that is one aspect of it. There's some other things. I think people send... Uh, samples of of different things whether it be drugs or or something else like pharmaceutical drugs and then we test those and give back the like the components of those uh that's also another aspect i'm on their pod division which is people on demand so i'll work in a bunch of different apartments pretty much wherever they need help that day which will be fun Sounds like some a variety of experience, right? You won't be yeah. doing one thing every day over and over again, hopefully. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it'll it'll be good. Nice. You have any news? Uh yeah, I do. I got my score back for my first CPA section. Nice. How'd it go? Yeah. I passed. You passed? So um, yes. So that was a huge relief. I had to wait over a month for the score. <laughs> That's awesome, though. But I passed, and I'm just getting ready to take the second section now. So that's awesome. Going to be my life for a few more months, but it's encouraging for sure to 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 get one under my belt. Yeah, that's nice. So since you passed, how long do you have to pass all the rest of them? I have 18 months. Wow. Oh. So you're just going to do it in like six? Yeah, it's plenty of time. Um, I'm hoping to, yeah, I'm taking the next one the first week of March, and then hopefully I can take the other ones like May and June. So after you pass all these tests, does a certificate just show up in the mail or something, or how does that work? I think there you have to prove something along the lines of – work hours in the accounting field and then you have to pay a little bit more to actually get licensed Um, but yeah if you can pass all four tests you're essentially there 
<clears throat> as long as you're working in a related field or have worked in a related field. So, which, wow. I'm, which I'm covered on. So, yeah, one fourth the way done. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you, man. Thanks. Well, are you ready to get down to business? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So this first, we're, again, we're doing uh, The Untethered Soul. This is part four. Uh, listen to part two. A lot of you have listened to part three, but have not listened to part two. <laughs> Which, I mean, part three was pretty good. Part two was okay. <laughs> I don't listen to part two. All right. Anyway, part three. The first chapter in part three is called Taking Down Walls. Part, hold up. Part four. What did I say? You said part three. Oh, yeah, part four. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the first chapter in part four is called Taking Down Walls. And they he starts with this big allegory of this person that fi- finds this beautiful place and buys this beautiful plot of land in a nice sunny area. And then they build themselves this nice house. Uh, but as they build the house, they cover the windows um, and they can't see the light coming in from outside. And after a while, that's just their life. They, they forget what the inside or what the outside was like. Um, these walls are supposed to represent our thoughts. Uh, and the person locked inside is our consciousness. Anytime something challenges our walls or our, how we perceive the world, basically, we, instead of letting our ideas go, we tend to reinforce them uh, instead of letting these walls break down and letting the light on the other side shine through. Uh, I feel like I didn't explain that very well. Will you... <laughs> Will you clarify anything that I missed on that? I think you hit the basics. Okay. The story had some strange tangents that didn't seem related. For example, he talks about you build this house, you lock all the windows, and then it was something about how the power went out. And you find three candles and you have to live by those candles. Oh, yeah. And then suddenly... After six months, you find more candles, and then the house is more lit up, but it's still nothing compared to the outside. And I did not understand the point of that part of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why did he have to go from four candles to ten candles? (laughs) Also, he said, like, you have this roommate that's also in the house, and that kind of went over my head. I also read this chapter, (laughs) you know, like a week ago, so maybe I'm just not remembering it correctly but you have this roommate that you forget is there uh and i can't remember what that's supposed to represent yeah do you do you remember i don't think it meant much of anything okay (laughs) but i'm probably not giving the guy credit for this allegory but (laughs) yeah well anyhow the point is that we tend to put ourselves in a box and we do that with our thoughts. Um, and we, I, I, I see what he's saying. 
this chapter is about breaking, taking down the walls that we put ourselves in. Um, and he, he gives an example of one of these walls. So he says, uh, you find out, let's say you find out you're adopted and then you tell yourself that they treated you like their own. Therefore they are your real parents. Um, which is, I, I see what he's getting at. Like you talk yourself into something that's not totally true because you want it to be true. At the same time, I don't always, I don't necessarily see what's wrong with doing that in cert, certain situations like this one. Yeah. However, I, I do understand what he's getting at. Like we, Whenever something challenges the way we perceive the world, we tend to defend that, whether it's true or not, um, which isn't necessarily healthy. I think a good example of that is politics these days. Mm -hmm. um, even if you find out that somebody you like is terrible or is doing something terrible, you often will defend that without really thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what I got from that allegory was, <laughs> oh yeah, I, you said the word allegory and that's, I can never, that's the word, that's the word he uses. Is it? Okay. I yeah. didn't remember that. So what I got from this allegory, as you called it, which I think you're right, and apparently he calls it that as well. But so, and this whole this whole part, all three chapters, I feel like what he's talking about is just our comfort zones, right? And he uses the example of a house in chapter twelve that you need to break down those walls to let the light in. In chapter thirteen, he talks about. It's titled Far, Far Beyond, and what I got from that was, you know, you need to, you get, you have, you build a comfort zone, and then you stay there, and it's where you feel safe, it's where you create a world where you feel in control, um, and then in chapter 14, he talks about basically the same thing, it just feels like, I don't know, maybe you can let me know if you disagree, but I feel like this whole part was all about your comfort zone and the benefits of getting out of your comfort zone. Would you agree with that? Which part? The second part? All, all three chapters. I think all of them. All three. Yeah, I would say you're right on that. Okay. So, yeah. So he talks about this house and how the man who's living in this house, that's exactly how we live our lives, just in our own minds, in our own, in our own heads. And how we put up these walls that protect us from anything that might hurt us. But in doing that, we're blocking a lot of energy, a lot of, of goodness in life, you know. And what I really liked was how he talked about, and I don't remember which chapter because I did not take great notes. And I'll admit, my heart wasn't really in this reading. <laughs> so... I may not have Boo, Christian. too much to contribute, but I, the one thing that I liked was he talked about how 
there is a reason for every little thing we do. And a lot of it is rooted in this box that we've built ourselves, that we that we've built in our brains and our minds to keep us safe from the unknown. And how when we try to break through that and try to push those boundaries, it's going to be a little uncomfortable if we're not used to it. But in doing that, we can have true spiritual growth and and that's really a way to free us from suffering is to you know push through those boundaries and not let fears and whatnot dictate what we find comfortable or what we do with our lives if any of that yeah yeah i liked that he talked about how we we put ourselves in these boxes uh we have this comfort zone to keep us safe to help us to not allow us or to keep us from feeling pain basically. And he talks about how if you let your comfort zone, uh, be challenged and you're okay with that, the pain will eventually stop and it will actually become an exciting thing for you and you'll grow, um, spiritually by allowing yourself to escape this this comfort zone that that you've created for yourself uh i i thought that the far far beyond chapter one of the first things he talked about was what going beyond means and it just means going beyond where you currently are you can go beyond in anything you know uh which i found pretty profound (laughs) for some reason i was like wow i've never thought about it that way it just means making progress um and then he said beyond means infinite in all directions so the only limits that we have are due to the limits that we place on ourselves uh, and pretty much anything we do which i find I don't know. I've, I've felt like that was a nice thought. Yeah. And I liked what he said about, well, I have this written down. I don't know if these were purely my thoughts or if he had words in the book that were similar to this, but I wrote down your comfort zone is finite and any attempt yeah. you make to stay in your comfort zone keeps you um, finite as opposed to if you try to push those limits, you know, in, in any aspect of your life, he's obviously pretty focused on, on the spiritual aspect and freeing yourself from fear. But I think this applies to, well, in a sense, I'm I'm just repeating myself as well because fear applies to everything as well. But, you know, if you want to become a more social person, you push your fears aside and you get out of your comfort zone to have a conversation with somebody. And that helps you grow and that helps you get used to getting out of your comfort zone, right? And uh, yeah. it reminded me of the quote by, apparently it's Eleanor Roosevelt, but just to do one thing every day that scares you 
which I, I like. I think that's good advice. And it's a very similar thing to what Michael Singer is talking about here. Um, but getting comfortable with, with, yeah, with pushing your boundaries and getting out of your comfort zone, there's just a lot of value to that. And I think it makes, it just makes life interesting in general, which is another benefit. Yeah. Um, one thing that he talked about in that chapter as well that I really liked was when he talks about if you're doing something and you don't know why you're doing it, and his advice is to stop doing that thing and see what happens because that will tell you why you're doing it. And he gives the example of smoking. He says if if you stop smoking, it's pretty clear eventually, like, pretty quickly why you were smoking it's because uh when you take that away you feel like crap basically uh you have all these things associated with withdrawal uh and that's the reason most likely why you're smoking um and you can do that with anything if you don't know why you're doing something in your life just stop doing it and see what happens, which I thought was a pretty interesting view on something. I've never thought about that before. Um, he talks about this cage that we put ourselves in. Uh, and this cage is our own fear or it's our fear of discomfort. So fear of going outside of our comfort zone. And then my thought at the end of the chapter that I had written down was our comfort zone is formed by our view of the world, and we will always try whatever we can to stay within the walls we've created for ourselves. When pressed against the walls of our comfort zone, uh, yeah, we, we can train ourselves to relax when something hits our comfort zone uh, or the walls of, of the comfort zone and realize that we will be okay. So if you realize that you're going to be okay, even when you're uncomfortable with something, I feel like there's real power in that. Yeah. The last chapter is titled Letting Go of False Solidity. And this one just kind of, I read it and I was like, this is the same as the previous chapter for me. <laughs> yeah, I felt pretty similar to yeah to what you just said there. At some point, I looked at how many pages I had left in the chapter, and I was like, what more can he say? <laughs> and then he just said the same things over again. <laughs> uh, uh, the first thing he talks about is consciousness being a field of awareness that can be focused down from from your whole body to a single finger, which I found really interesting. You can control your focus. Uh, you can focus on a single thing or multiple things at once. You can focus on your body, uh, like, like a pain in your body, or you can focus on something very broad that's external, which is something I had never thought about that I found interesting. Uh, do you... Did you write anything down about clinging? 
Uh, no. Okay. I remember something about that, but... So, clinging is the word Buddhists have for when something stays in your view of awareness instead of passing through. So, most things will pass yeah. through, uh, but strong feelings, you know, you'll that you dwell on, they call that clinging. Okay. Uh, clinging helps us stay within our walls and boundaries that we've set for ourselves. So, it reinforces this model of the world that we've we've built for ourselves. Uh, we, he also said we have different facades that we cling to. He gives an example of when you're at work, you're different than when you're at home. But what most people don't realize is that who you are at work and at home isn't really you. You're just the person viewing everything from the inside. You're the one that, that, that feels the feelings, um, but you are not the feelings and you're not the person it's themselves that's uh that's at work, you know. I don't I don't know. I feel like I didn't explain that very well. Did that make sense to you? Yeah, I I think so. Uh, it seems to relate to his idea of that you boil down to your seat of consciousness. Yeah. And you are a, an entity viewing and taking in everything that's happening to you. Um, but, and yeah, the emotions are things that pass through, you know, in front of you. Yeah. And they don't define you, but, and that goes back and the clinging thing, you know, a lot of it's starting to connect to his previous chapters. Yeah. Um, about, you know, letting all these moments and emotions pass through you and letting go of those of those big emotions to allow you to feel more energy and, and all that stuff. Um, the one thing that I have written down <clears throat> from chapter 14 and, and the title letting go of false solidity, he talks about, yeah, your, your worldview, I think is the way you put it, Garrett, the way he put it. Yeah. And you, it's like building your house on sand. You build up this worldview and you think it's solid, but it's not. It's, it's, it's false solidity. And when you can let go of that, um, there's a lot of freedom with that. There's a lot of, you can release yourself from a lot of fears. And the quote that I have written down is the very responsibility of having to hold it all together is itself a form of suffering. <clears throat> and I think a lot so of times it, it meaning your model of the world. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say holding it all together. I feel like that. I mean, that's kind of a phrase, you know, like how are you holding up, you know, yeah. you're trying to hold together your world. And I feel like that is a, a state that we probably all live in at times. We all feel like we're just barely holding it together. Um, and the point that I think he tried to make or the, that he made was that uh, trying to trying to hold it all together and being in that state is only happening because you're trying to hold on to because you're clinging, right? You're clinging to, to, to things and to fears and to whatever else. And doing that is a form of suffering. 
So finding ways to let go of those emotions, finding ways to push past fears, push out of your comfort zone, um, breaking down your walls, all of that frees you from suffering and lets in light. And obviously these are some of his words, right? Suffering and light. But to me in my life, um, I mean, that light is, is probably peace and joy. And I think both of those things come when you, you know, can expand your comfort zone and, uh, um, yeah, when you can expand your comfort zone. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, one thing I found interesting was when he talked about how your model of the world, your view of the world, will at some point be challenged. And that's really, I don't want to say traumatic, but it kind of is traumatic for a lot of people when they realize that they're wrong about something, especially when they've believed in it really strongly for a long time. It's, it's painful. And he mentions that it's, it's going to be painful when your view of, when you come to the conclusion that your view of something is wrong because you put up these walls, you put yourself in this box to shield yourself from pain. So naturally when it's challenged, it's going to be painful, but when you can learn to let it go and be okay and don't cling on to it, uh, you will be a lot better off and you will, you'll be a lot happier. I, yeah. I don't know. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I, that makes sense. I like to think that I don't let fear dictate too much of my life, but I think I'm giving myself more credit than I deserve when I say that <laughs> because I, I definitely know that fear. I mean, I think it's harder for me to see it in my current life, but I know that I lived and, and fear directed a lot of my actions uh, through high school and college and, and, uh, like dating and even just regular social events. Like I definitely felt fear, you know, fear of being rejected or not being accepted. I guess that's the same thing, but, um, so yeah, I, I definitely had it and I, you know, obviously still do have a comfort zone with those things, um, with social uh, interactions, but, um, so yeah, I think I need to self-analyze, self-reflect a little more and, and discover where my fear is, but yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing is I don't think we all realize how, how prominent it is in our lives. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd like to think that I don't let fear make any of my decisions for me as well, you know, but I'm sure, I'm sure I do. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting thoughts. Yeah. Um, there I go saying, um, again, 
you have any other notes or topics you want to put down from the chapters? Well, the last thing he talks about is <clears throat> when your view of the world is is shook in some way, the way to get past that is to, you know, be aware that you're aware of your worldview. Be aware that you're aware of your, your model. Uh, and that's how when something challenges something or brushes up against your comfort zone, you'll be able to get over it. And that's the last thing I had written down. Yeah, and that relates to what we talked about in part three, just that ability to be aware of what's going on and be able to take a step back and look at your life and look at your emotions and look at everything more objectively. Yeah. Like that's so far kind of my number one takeaway from this book is the importance of that, 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 uh, skill has has yeah yeah well i don't have anything else me neither all right thanks for listening everybody thanks everybody